Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with the Dust Coder. Yeah, man, it's a it's a band that we don't know a lot about. I mean, obviously, they've just joined Uric Records. We've played, I think, one or two festivals with them, yeah. um, but not like some of the other guests we've had on or some of the other artists that we've we've done the circuit with. And and it was really cool. I mean, Adam and Scott came across really well. Um, I, I don't know what you thought, man. It was, they were really cool guys. Yeah, lovely guys. Great, down-to-earth Scott in particular was a bit of a dark horse, you know, trying to work out his background and stuff. And he was telling us all about the the, um, the drink companies he's worked for and uh, being a Cicerone, which is, I'm saying that right, with beer. He, he knows a lot about beer and he um, he loves our beer, which is amazing. Yeah, man. And, a, and an exclusive of Adam as well, explaining about his relationship changing in lockdown. Um, <laughs> and now he seems actually better for it as well. You could tell he was quite cheery. But yeah, this is definitely a, a cool episode. The the guy's got an album coming out. Um, it's available for pre-order. So go and check that out, Mojo Skyline. But it was really cool to hear their journey and how they'd managed to get a record deal with Urix and now they're label mates of ours. Uh, during COVID, you'll hear all about how that happened and how it transpired. And obviously we're talking you know, we were talking about the artwork as well of some funny Funny, funny stories about the artwork. Or some funny comments from you, Shane. <laughs> yes, the octopus. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Classic hours. Yeah, the artwork. Yeah, the artwork is um, brilliant. Um, psychedelic with the octopus in the boot. Brilliant, actually. Really, really like that artwork. Yeah, man. I mean, for anybody who is listening to this, whether it's you know, you've caught up your, your your weekly with us or whether you've listened monthly. This is a visual episode, which is available on YouTube. It's episode 50, um, which is incredible in itself. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see the visual, because we, we played a video as well, Jimmy, two times. Yeah. Um, yep. So that was cool to have some music on a show, Shane. It was, bud, and they were impressed with that, weren't they? I mean, the Crowcast is getting better, man, the visual side of things. Um, so yeah, like you said, Ron, if you, if you're not, if you want to see the visuals, the visual podcast, head on over to YouTube. Um, because yeah, it's, it's getting better. Everyone's saying it's getting better and it should really, we're on our 50th show now. 50th show, mate. It looks it's slick. Better. It's getting there. Should we get into it? Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast Podcast. <laughs> Can't wait to get into this. Ladies and gentlemen, Crow family, please welcome Adam and Scott from the Desk Coder. Good evening. How are you guys? Good to boys. Good to see you. And congrats, the 50th show. I mean, what an honour. <laughs> Absolutely incredible, bro. We, we never thought it would come to this, you know, 50 shows in. We just did it to kill some time to do something. And here we are, 50 shows later, drinking beer and getting quality bands like yourself on the talk at their shit. But it's incredible. We love it. <laughs> it's been awesome. Like you've been troopers, keeping everyone like motivated, and the caliber of guests you've had on as well. I feel like a bit of a pretender. So uh, th- thanks for giving us the honour. 
No, guys, I mean, like we said at the top of the show, it's about supporting everything that's happening in the scene. Um, yourselves, Mason, have got cracking albums, um, both out this month. Um, but before that, how, how have you both been keeping in lockdown? How, how, what's your journey? Where, where were you before it, it kicked off? Um, and how did it affect you? Uh, what have you managed to do? A couple of questions there, but do you want to kick it off, Scott? Or Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... Obviously, on a, on a personal level, like for everyone, it's been shit, hasn't it? It's just been everyone's lives flipped on their heads. And that, the shock, like, you know, I felt as an individual, and, and I suppose we all did. But we as a band have been really fortunate, I suppose, in that we've had a, we had an album under wraps and then we got a record deal and we were able to work behind the scenes and all the plans that are now coming to life. Um, and it was great to have that opportunity. It also kept us busy. And um, it, we tried to do something pretty unique, like Mason Hillav and Scam did and some of the other bands through lockdown by releasing albums and getting really creative. Um, but, but what it's meant is on certain occasions, we've been allowed to rehearse and we've been allowed to do certain filming things and videos under all the guidelines, like I think when you guys went out to Rock Palace, didn't you? It's a pain in the ass, but at least we can do it. And so I've kind of had enough of like music to sort of keep me going. But like you guys were saying, the urge just to get out and play live and hit a stage is just like, and now it's getting closer. It's just getting even more like tense. So fingers crossed it all happens. But um, yeah, just been kind of plowing through as best I can, uh, keeping positive. And then just, as I said, been really fortunate that we've had the backing of, of Earache over the last year to help us with the album. And that's kind of coming out just as hopefully the world comes back to life. And hopefully that's a good positive sign, a bit of optimism for everyone to, to, to go after. Love that, bro. What about you, Adam? Uh, I mean, Scott hit the nail on the head band wise. I mean, it was just, I'd say the first, the first six months, it was like we had a dirty secret because <laughs> we, we signed this, you know, as, as a band, it's our first deal. So whenever your first deal is always the biggest in the world, right? Cause it's, record deal um so it was like a dirty secret to start with and then the second half was great because we were able to tell people about it and everything scott said it it kept us busy we were doing stuff which was very fortunate because a lot of people were talking about being bored and stuff we're not sorry um but on a personal level i just feel grateful um you know i have my health i've had my sanity everything's cool i can't complain you know as musicians um more time to play my instrument which i love and under less pressure which is fantastic um a lot of people whinge about some stuff on a personal level i started lockdown with one relationship i'm glad it expedited getting rid of it i'm glad it happens it did me a massive favor like, it's, it's I, I might still be with her. And, that, and you know it just oh thank god for that like it just it just fast Fast tracked another nine months of pain. I could have gone through, to be honest. So at least we did that in the bud early. Couldn't even think about locking down with her. And um, happy as Larry boys. Can't complain. There's the first exclusive, anyway. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's so brilliant. And then, yeah, no, just, just, just on the quick one on on the the record deal things. So like Adam said, we were sort of talking 
with the label through spring and um really exciting for all of us because it's as a as a musician you aspire to a deal and an album and all that kind of stuff and as we were getting to the end of sorting it out hitting summer when there was like um noises that lockdown might might finish and in my head i was like can we just please make sure the signing ceremony happens when the pubs are open <laughs> i was like if there's one ask i don't want to be signing my first record deal you know like an e-signature on zoom yeah <laughs> and yeah. thankfully the timing's just about worked i think in july uh when we were able to like sit outside or whatever and it was great and we got to celebrate as a band so yeah we said ce- we celebrated which was amazing <laughs> yeah. great it was oh, great because that's, cool, that's really really important because we um you know similar journey um obviously we went up um seen the guys did the contract signing went out for some drinks with them so that that is really cool that you were able to acknowledge it and properly like do you know what i mean not a, a delayed or anything you were actually there whether it been out on a pub, pub bench or anything it's you still kind of yeah. had that moment together that camaraderie like you know yeah it was and it also made it more personal because we made the decision that it wasn't going to be advertised in case it came across wrong or distasteful at the time so it's a bit more personal just between us as a band our management and the label so there was only a handful, you know, maybe a dozen people that really knew, or maybe, oh, I'm trying to do the maths, July to October, November, so what's that, four or five months? Yeah. So there, was, there wasn't that many people that knew about it for a long time. So what was um, the which, journey to there, was, Adam? Sorry to, to inter- interrupt. What, what was the journey to that Uric sign-in? Because um, a lot of people know you've been around. Great first record, boys, were you there? Um, what was the journey from the first record to sign-in with Uric? Um so the so we we we've been lucky for many reasons, and I'd say one a lot of a question we get asked a lot was or is at the moment because we're promoting a lot of interviews and all that jazz um, is you know what was it like making the album in COVID and we didn't we actually made the second album self funded again in 2019 um, and there's many pros and cons to that but the good thing is because you're doing it under your own time scales, it was relaxed. We could spread it out. Mm. I think we trapped the thing between January till probably about April, May, and then we had the mixes by, by the summer, July. So then you fast forward to um, literally a year ago, which I'll come to in a bit. Um, Earache put out their compilation album, New Wave of Rock and Roll, which we're very privileged to be part of amongst some great bands, um, all part of the scene, which is very much echoes what you guys were talking about as we waited backstage but you know the site you know the scene has had an injection right it's mm. alive and kicking and a lot of those great bands are on this album um and the, the little bit that hasn't really been captured in the history books and not a lot of people know um is there was the launch show which was at o2 academy islington london and i think there were five bands on the bill we weren't originally on the bill. So a band pulled out and we only got the gig, I think about three weeks before the show. And I won't lie to you, if we hadn't, if that hadn't have happened, I don't think we'd be here today. So wow. luckily, I, I, won't, I won't name the other band because they're still out there, alive and kicking and doing really well, great band. Um, because it'd be wrong of me to imply if they'd played, they would have got signed because that's, you know, not true, but all, but a band pulled out, we filled in, we paid a good show, we met uh, Earache 
at the bar afterwards. They approached us, we chatted away, chatted away. John had a good chat with them, introduced them to our manager. Yadda 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 gig, lots of people, beer, blah, blah, blah. Um, fair play to them. They they emailed us maybe three or four days afterwards. And the best thing was we were like, great, we've got an album. Have a listen, see what you think. So it wasn't our way. And they were like, they came up, we'll like it, we'll have it. And then that started the conversation. So we were lucky in that we made the album the year before. And this wonderful, you know, twist of fate happened that we played that show with them. Um, and then uh, Scott and I were chatting earlier. I think, is it is it a year ago today? A year tomorrow? Was, I think it was tomorrow. I think it was the 10th of March. Yeah. Um, 10th of, 10th sure, of March was that show. Yeah. And it was two weeks Crazy. before Boris before Boris said, everyone stay at home. Wow. One of the so kind of, so you pull those chess pieces together, right? Yeah, looked it's down at cool. it. It's like, you know, it's all like you need these breaks, don't you? You guys know how tough yeah. it is. We've been together for 10 years plus, and, you know, wagons are the same. All these bands have got a big history behind them, and you just need these these little breaks. And when they come, you make the most of it. So we, you know, we do, we do feel really lucky and just kind of run with it the best we, we could over the year, given all, all the circumstances. Um, and yeah, here we are two weeks out and, um, following in the footsteps of, of, um, Mason Hill look like they're going to chart as well, which is awesome. And it just sets everything up for, for us and whoever's next and whoever's next, you guys will have another album, I'm sure in the next year, two years, wagons will, it's just, the scene is just really kicking on, isn't it? And you know, earache are obviously behind a lot of those bands, which is, which is awesome. I think that's cause well, everybody's enjoying it boys. Do you know what I mean? That's the... I think that's the key. Every it's it's great. It's fun. It's a great scene to be amongst. The fans are phenomenal. Um, I mean, we left the the live stage just before you would have signed that deal, obviously due to COVID, and we left it on a massive high, didn't we, Shane? Which it was just yeah. like, wow. Um, so you just know that those those seeds are there, like you know. And and I think if you work really hard, anything's achievable now, guys. So yeah, I mean, oh, I. I, I I feel for for you guys because that tour was absolutely nailing it, wasn't it? And you had the mm. download li- lined up. And the flip side for us was, yeah, it was great to get the deal and stuff. We were able to work on that, but we didn't actually have a tour lined up, or we had the album in our back pocket, and we knew, you know, we thought it was it was great, and we wanted to get it out there. We didn't really have a plan beyond that, but uh, so lockdown didn't really stop us doing anything. But I really feel for the likes of yourselves where you were mid flow. And then it's got like, I mean, how did you guys feel? Obviously when it comes back, you'll, you'll hit that wave again, but I assume it's a bit of a shock, wasn't it? Let me just down this pint a minute. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're slowly getting over it now. It's been, it's mad really, because, you know, at the start of this whole lockdown, (laughs) 12 months plus ago, yeah, we come off that tour and we were get there. We're not going to lie. I'm not going to put sugar on it. We were we were bitterly disappointed. We the tour had gone brilliantly. There was more bigger shows promised. We wanted to tour this album, tour the ass off this album, um, and had the legs and and like you said, it was growing. Momentum was huge, and then stopped. Um, and it's taken us a while. Crowcast has helped unbelievably stay yeah. in touch with fans, and. Um, you know, we was talking about, oh, we'll have to do another album. And we're like, wait, what do you mean? Another album? We've only just done one. And we haven't toured it. We haven't done nothing with it. It's like one small UK tour. Um, 
and it took us a long time. Well, it took me personally a long time to get over the fact that, and we re-released Point of No Return, the Ultimate Edition, and it was only until we'd done that that I feel like, right, that's pretty much all we can do now, apart from shows. That's all we can do with that album. Put a new song on it, a couple of acoustic tracks, repackaged it. Crow Family went and bought it. Amazing. That's done now. Now we've got to move on to new music. Now we've got to... And we're excited about that. But at the time, we were devastated. I was. I, I was yeah, like, I bet. No, it's there's so much you can do, boys. You know, you've got a couple of albums under your belt now, right? Mm. But it's not just about what people press play on in the car. You're already thinking of the shows, how you can build yeah. the show around this new material. So we've, we'd had, we had a killer first album. We've got a killer second album. The amount of songs we can do, and we as a band love to change things up in the set, um, bring things down, you know, it, it really a, a different experience to the album altogether. So that is what we were buzzed about. That's what we think we're good at, and we couldn't. And so it was just, it was, it's, it's so difficult. But, you know, I'm over that now, just as I carry on drinking. Yeah. The beer helps, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's drowned their sorrows for the last year. But no, I think it's it's, it's good to... to to say that because loads of other bands that you know would have been feeling that but i think what and even during the height of it when you you, you see people's comments and feedback about you know they can't imagine ever going to a gig again or a, a big you know sweaty and you're like no that's that's where this the magic happens that has to come back i yeah. think the, the great thing now is there does seem to be a bit more of that optimism and um you know when, when we are all back out on the road and from what i've seen the messages that you guys get as well people are buzzing for it and they're going to be out there and they're going to be you know even more enthusiastic and i think that's that that's great it'll come back bigger and better that, Love it. that, that must have been pretty mad for you guys or so you've recorded the record um mojo skylar that's that's 2019 now in a timeline yeah that that's when it was recorded um and then obviously we're fast forward into 220 when you played the gig in front of Uric. so that would have been march 220 um, so you've got this record, it's ready to go. Like you said, I understand the, you know, for anybody watching, listening, you know, as a band, especially if you haven't got a label, you've got your your package, as you call it. Your you you can go and negotiate, you can try and and, and try and get it out there. Um, that must have been hard because obviously if you go from two nineteen to two twenty playing that show, did the did the contact come from Uric obviously after that show and then then, like you said, was it all done via this? Was it like the new way of like communicating, as in on, on like via videos and deals and negotiating that way? Or so we it, we things got serious. I would say less than two weeks after that show. And what I mean by serious is, you know, a couple of flirty emails. <laughs> here's here's the album. Do you like? Yeah, yeah I like it. I'll chat. Yeah. You know, but actually. And then a serious email of, here's an offer. You know, this, oh, right, right, okay, now it's going to get grown up. Um, yeah. Looking back then, the, so this is what, early April last year? The whole world, and I remember it vividly because the conversations I was having with Andrew, our manager and stuff, the whole world was like, oh, well, you know, hopefully this will be over in six, eight weeks, 10 weeks max. No one knew how long this would go on. Yeah. So we did it. So, so we kind of, you know, you go, you get around the table. You did. So in answer to your question, sorry, you know, we, we did the odd Zoom call, but none of it was straight away, oh, we're in this new world of remote working that we have to. 
it was this lovely naivety to start with. So everything was just phone calls and emails anyway, because, um, you know, we're heavily based in London. As you know, era HQ and Digby's Nottingham and, and yeah, got yeah. other people all over the place, etc. Um, and, it, you know, it, it took a few months for people to tweak just quite how big the impact of the world of COVID was going to be globally. So luckily, by the time that had happened, we'd already gone far enough down the line that we, we were able to, you know, look at paperwork and all that jazz with lawyers. Um, and then that goes back to my point earlier that we then decided, right, we're going to do this in the summer, but we're going to keep a lid on it out of respect because yeah. let's see how this plays. And and more so to kind of echo Scott's point, you know, about you guys is we, we were lucky because we hadn't cancelled anything. Yeah, yeah. And there's two yeah. sides to this. So you're... You know, everything you say, Shane, is right. Cancelling tours and stuff, you know, it's horrible. It's heart-wrenching. Then you've got all the bands that cancelled production time. Mm. You know, 2020 was going to be the, you know, well, well, you know, as artists, our music is our babies. It was like, this was going to be the album. We're going to get in the studio. And, and then 2020, we're going to tour it. So they're back a year and all that stuff. We were like, well, made the album and we haven't cancelled a tour. And if this goes well, we'll be first out of the traps. So... We just, it was, it was, there was just definitely an element of being kind of diplomatic and respectful and then just also thinking you can't wait forever. Mm. The world needs new music. We need to crack on. And I, th- I, I think we timed it pretty well in that we didn't go too early. We didn't go too late. So we just missed an opportunity and get swallowed up with all the amazing stuff that's happening. And, um, you know, it's too late now anyway. We are where we are, right? So <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. Being packed up as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I pulled the plug now. I hit on it because it's intriguing because everybody's got a different journey. Everybody's got a different story to tell. Um, we've had a lot of guests, like you said, and some are managing to record an album during lockdown, which is incredible. Some are managing to do, um, like you guys, you've managed to do videos. You've managed to create. Um, but what's intriguing about you guys as well, you managed to do business, which not a lot of bands talk about that, which is cool. And and it is important that because people can see you manage to, to seal a big big deal of your career during lockdown like you know you, you managed to nice. to get seen at the right time um and then do the business like you said when the world was kind of shutting down but you were doing all the planning um and the business side of it and sealing everything and then obviously then the plans are made and that's how you can you can start talking about the record now and now start looking at touring the record so it's cool to tell our story like you know no massive and it's also it's like you know it's that whole part of the scene that a lot of people don't see right because everything you've talked about involved management, lawyers, and then mm-hmm. now the dust coder, I'll avoid saying TDC for obvious reasons, don't want to confuse people. Um, but the dust coder now as a team, you know, we've got a proper dedicated PR team now, we've got a booking agent, we've got a label, we've got management, you know, it, it's swelling. And all these things were happening in the background. And they all take, you know, you, you know, you have to do it properly. Um, and they're all great things to do because, you know, they all add value to how you progress as a band and get out there. So it's, in many ways, it's been an incredible, incredible year for us, without doubt. And you could argue, not a lot of instruments were played. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're, yeah. very important nonetheless. So yeah. When we got back in the rehearsal studio after several months having not played, it was just like, whoa, how does this thing we work? Weren't, we weren't that bad. 
exactly. No, you're right. It, Man, it was ex- we, we all dreaded it, thinking yeah. this is going to be pants. Everyone thinks we're meant to be good, but actually, it was. It, it was a proud of us all. Yeah. You guys might have it where there is this sort of, after years of playing together, there's always that muscle memory or that connection that surprises you. <laughs> like, um, yeah, because we, we managed to go in and rehearse ahead of the some of the live stuff we, we filmed that's going out, I think, later this week. Um, and uh, obviously getting prepped for that. So it's great to get back in the studio. It's just like, whoa, we've not actually played some of the album tracks together for, you know, more than a handful of times. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I think we're at a level now and we'll hopefully get back in the studio in the rehearsal studio in a couple of weeks. Um, to Yeah, like you say, Ronnie, to go out and tour it. Um, it's been sat with us for longer than we thought, two, three years. Just want to hit the road with it um, and make the most of 2021. I think the minute we have our first show, we'll turn into a punk band. Everything will be <laughs> ten times quicker. The adrenaline is <laughs> You'll be pissed. <laughs> in with there drinking a pint for there, and I'll be like, bang, 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 and we're in. And we were in for a punk band. Where we left it then, yeah? Yeah, exactly. But anyway, boys, listen, you got this epic album coming out, Mojo Skyline, March 26th. So, you've had, you've got two albums now. How does this one compare to the first? Oh, it's, I mean, uh, for me, and I'm sure Scott's a different way of putting it, but it's it's a continuation of the first. Um, but it but it's all about you know we challenged ourselves um, to be sonically and a bit more of the writing, a bit braver in that you know a bit yeah. more gusto is in fuck it like you know yeah. wanna, we want a bit of a bigger sound we want to get horns we want to get organ yeah. now and again or. Or some songs, it's like, well, let's make it epic. Let's make it six minutes long. Why not? It's, yeah. You know, because when you're starting out, you're very hell-bent on being, no, it's got to be three and a half minutes if it's on radio. Um, and, you know, there's still plenty of that. And God knows in the pre-production process, we're good at starting with stuff that's four or five minutes, and then we sensibly chop it down. But, you know, we're, we were just, yeah, it's, it's a braver continuation um, I don't think it's departed too much, certainly from a song pro- writing point of view, myself and John. Excuse me. Um, you know, some some of the songs were written before the first album. Right, yeah. Some of the songs, I reckon, maybe about three or four months before we actually got in the studio. They were yeah. so fresh and new. It's like, oh, that's banging, chuck it in. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's still organic rock and roll to us because it all starts with me and John doing our thing and then we take it to the rehearsal studio and it's only four guys. And then we just had a bit of a vision with how we could sonically make it, you know, just sound bigger and more bolder, and, you know, and how this band kind of embarks, you know, you've got to be confident, right? It's your product. It's like, no, we want to be a bit more gusto behind it and braver and embrace everything we're about. And we do. And, um, I mean, I don't know. There's so many expletives to explain it, but chuffed to bits. <laughs> It's, yeah. yeah, love it. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm I'm our best fan. I, I indulge in it all the time. I love it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's great. It, it really is. What's a great point? There's nothing better than coming up that studio and go at, at that moment in time because that's all albums are. Moment in time will be different. You know, if you go into an album now and then another year's time, it'll be completely different. But right there in that moment, walking up and going, do you know what? That's the best we got right now. That's oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
we we had some moments uh, as you always do in the studio like it, it's hard this album for me was harder because it, it has to be the thing about a first record is it's 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 usually it's your set list for your, the history of your band up until you go into the studio so the songs yeah. are so well formed they're the singers songwriters best songs and so the second album stretches you because you've not had time to really um, nurture them. But there were definitely moments for me anyway that, that we came out and it's like, yeah, we, we just captured something there that is amazing. Um, the only other thing I would say is I, you know, I'm our, I'm our biggest fan as well, but I'm also our biggest critic. And like listening to your own stuff, especially when it's fresh for me, can be quite difficult because there'll always be something that you're not hundred percent happy with. And Ronnie, you might know when you've hit like a rim or something, or you've not hit the, the bell of the ride as, as you wanted, but the rest of the take is perfect. So it stays on the record. But when you hear it for the first hundred times, it's that bit that annoys you. <laughs> yeah. The great yeah. thing about this album though, after hearing it for yeah a year and a half, I've now like really come to terms with it is the wrong language, but... Um, <laughs> 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 I've had that magical moment where it's flipped and I can now just enjoy it like yep. for what it is and like really enjoy it. And it's, um, uh, and it's good timing because just as we release it and I've now got this basket in my head, I'm like, Oh, is it, is it better than the first album? You know, it's definitely different. It doesn't have to be better or worse. That's up for people to decide, but that's a good problem for me to have now. And um, yeah, I just can't wait to hear what, hear what people think of it we had three tracks out it's a 12 track album um we like the sort of art of an album you know the journey it takes you on and the songs that are you know the, the way the songs are, uh, are numbered ordered um there's there's thought behind everything so hopefully um yeah hopefully people get that i was going to ask that with the with the track listing so start with the i shouldn't really say am i allowed to say names of songs i'm not sure yeah 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 it's all, it's oh, yeah, all yeah, right. it's yeah yeah we are you, you've got to be careful see you've got to be careful um um so yeah so it starts so all of that's been thought through of what needed to go first what went last the artwork is very cool as well guys very very cool oh, yeah artwork. what's the what's the score with the with the artwork did did one of you oh, guys you come up with the idea or was it somebody you knew or very ah. you know queens of the stone age has got that that very cool vibe to it Go on, go on. I'll tackle this, yeah, because um, it, <laughs> if I give you, well, I'll give you a clue. We have released some of this information, but the next beer I'm going to crack is a is a neck oil. So if I have our, our vinyl cover against the can neck oil, there might uh... be some similarities you're picking up there. So the, the story is, and I'll keep it as short. So the story is you were pissed when you come up with the ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's my type of album. <laughs> things you have to take to come up with that kind of imagery. Yeah, that's just the play. Um, <laughs> but no, and, and this, I try and not bore everyone, but um, basically my day job, I have the pleasure of working for Beaver Town, the beer company. Like you're saying, Robbie, I've, um, I'm well practiced in drinking beer. Um, and your one, like I did on the view, honestly, it is awesome. And high five to you guys and, and, and Lee, isn't it, at Dog's Window? Yes. Um, I do feel bad for, for drinking it because I know a lot of people haven't got theirs yet, but there's more in the way, like you say. So, um, um, but yeah, my, my other life is working at, at Beaver Town and um, a couple of musical links here, which are really cool. So one is our founder, chief exec, Logan, is um, 
He's only set up the business eight years ago. It's grown pretty quickly. It's craft beer brand out of London. Um, but he uh, he spent his twenties in a band. They were called Sons of Albion um, over in the the states because they were lucky enough to tour with Slash, which is like just really fucking cool. So he was out on tour with Slash with his band, seeing all the American like. Um, America's craft beer scene, its barbecue scene is miles ahead of ours. And he really got into it and he came back, shut up Beaver Town. Um, his second name is Plant. So he's Logan Plant. He's the son of another famous plant, a guy called Robert Plant, who you will all know is the lead singer of Led Zeppelin. So that's also really cool. Um, not, not, that, not that I know many sons of rock stars, but <laughs> Logan is also the nicest charismatic guy you'll ever care to meet which you know, adds to it all but anyway i've got you know this real sort of joy in working for a beer business that loves music um has got a really creative identity like you see with the branding and that is because of our creative director a guy called nick dwyer who had just graduated university nine years ago in art in london went to work as a waiter at logan's restaurant which formed beaver town called duke's brew and q uh, Logan was homebrewing, came up with the beer. Nick had some sketches, and Nick loves comics and skulls. Um, hence, this this guy here, the Gamma Man. Um, yeah. And uh, Logan saw Nick's sketches, and those two minds got together, and they came up with this brand, Beaver Town. It's just one of those sort of magical moments. And then, um, it, like Nick's got this, yeah, really sort of crazy psychedelic creative vision, and uh, he's also a lovely guy. So me and him became pretty good mates. And we are pretty good mates. Um, so he very kindly offered his skills and his creative genius um, to put pen to paper and, and come up with some artwork for us. Um, so again, in summer last year, in that gap that we were allowed to go out and go in pubs, we had some awesome nights, me and the band and Nick, just meeting in pubs, drinking pints of neck oil and just brainstorming. And Nick's like, to sit with an artist who can immediately put ideas on paper and an artist like Nick, who's so renowned in the craft beer world and the, and the art world, to be honest, it was like, I was like, this is such a cool experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously it was, the point was to come up with the artwork, but just the experience was such a fun part of it. Um, the The logic behind it is kind of, deliberately mysterious to be honest um make of it what you will what i would point out is um you know you've always got the broken guitar neck you've got you know nick likes oranges and he does like um sort of landscapes skylines space visuals that kind of stuff so uh, i suppose you could say this is his interpretation of a mojo skyline whatever that is um four band members in the in the car we're watching a some weird film um traveling through the desert you know the rock and roll highway there's the sawn off shotgun um, so there's loads of stuff there that hopefully um you know by doing these vinyls and the colored vinyls people can can actually like you know look at it and just enjoy it you remember like in the, the old days artwork was such an yep. important yes. part of, of label of, of, of vinyls um same with yours uh it's you know you want to put that effort into it and you want someone that can bring something different to it and nick was exactly that guy so yeah um a bit more long-winded than i planned but you get the picture it's absolutely all, it's, it's fear, and, fear and rock and I'll roll like what what more could you I'll want so i'll tell you i'll tell you something quickly though so like scott said we had three we had three pub meetings 
and it was iterative. And the brief at the beginning was, um, was Nick, lovely to meet you. Oh my God, we're very lucky to have you. Here's the album, listen to it, and then draw something. You know, do your thing. Because Nick was very good with us. He was like, do you want it to be me? As in, do you like the Beaver Town stuff, or do, or do you want something else? You know, it's your. And we were like, mate, like, do your thing. Like, it looks awesome. The stuff he did is amazing. So interestingly, the first thing he came back with, uh, which was really said, I listened to the album, and this is the first thing I drew. And it was a weird scene of lots of stuff, the stuff coming out of a TV. And that was the main focus. And we were like, oh, Wagons have just released something with a big telly mm-hmm. on the front. So annoyingly. And then, and, and, he, and that was really, he was like, yeah, yeah, cool, fair enough. And we're like, oh, but we like this bit and this bit. Next time round, what you see now, that it kind of all morphed into that. Yeah. yeah. So, he, so he's basically just gone full on creative. Let's have, look at, let's have a look at the artwork again. Direction. So maybe the, the CD might be better to see, yeah. yeah oh, you get it. Okay. Do you know what this says to me? This says to me, don't go on the piss with an octopus. Look <laughs> at the Because he's drinking eight cans by the time you're drinking one. And that's the state you get in. In the back of a car, you're fucked. Yeah, and, you, and he's, and he's exactly. car up as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great, boys. It's, we, we, like you said, Scott, we grew up what um, bands like Ducky sticks out and then Green Day. All, yeah. all the, you know, you're looking yeah, exactly. at something new every time you see it, and comic so, thing, and that's and a yeah. vibe. I love all that. The colours are really bright. It's and it's, it's just fun, isn't it? It's like yeah. you know, we yeah. don't, you know, we've got a brand kind of, you know, and it's you know very classic, I suppose. But yeah. you know, we're not, we're not particularly precious well, well, about. What what was great is when we had the final artwork, and then we're you know that's the art right. Yeah. Then we're arguing the toss over what's going to be the album artwork. You know, originally there was the Dust Coda Mojo Skyline, and there were so many different versions. And then it was like, oh, but the art just the artwork's great. Yeah, have a try. It's not yeah. broke. Don't fix it. Yeah. And then and it wasn't. It really wasn't a hard battle to settle on that. Everyone was just like, that, that looks really cool on your phone. It looked great on the vinyl. It looked great on the CD. It's just it's just great. So, yeah. It's just, yeah, high, massive high five and kudos to Nick for pulling off. Great job, great, great play. It does look bang in. But, okay, so what's your favourite song, guys? What's your favourite out of these 12 tracks, each of you? What's your favourite? We'll start with you, Adam. Uh, why? Track five, Rolling. Very cool. Oh, did you say why? Or... Yeah. Oh, why? Um, because it's got a two and a half minute guitar solo. <laughs> the second half. Like every song should have shame. I thought you'd know that, but never mind, buddy. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it, it, it is the longest song on the album. I think. Yeah, it must be. Um, it's the epic one. It's a big one. Uh, it's a bit bold. We just pulled it off, and it's got everything you'd want from a classic rock song. It, it goes on a journey. It's not. It's 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 a proper story, up and down, up and down, and just and the endings. I, I love it. Yeah, it's got every. It's it's like a big old cauldron pot of. When, when, rock ingredients. when you write in a song like that, that's got this epic sort of guitar solo and stuff, do you have, are you conscious of how long it's going to be? Or is it just a feel thing? You putting it down, it's not like, you know, oh, well, that's too long. Or is it just a feel thing? That's how it felt for me. That's how long it is. End of, it's going on the album. Or do you kept it down or is it? So that, that one, um, it's a good question. Cause you get, the song didn't revolve around the ending which is important, right? Because the song comes first. And we've got to this point 
And I always had this little cheeky thing in the back of my head. I was like, this is the one I'm just going to have a bit of, like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to have some fun with. And then, which is all good and well. And then you're like, no, it's got to work. It's got to be tasteful. But then we managed to craft something, John and I, that actually it comes in like that. Then vocals come in with it. Then it goes off. But then what the rhythm section do with John, like everyone's having fun. Yeah. It's not just me having a ball. Like the band are actually, I'm, I'm, and I'm not just saying this because I, I think it's actually joint best drum parts that Scott plays on the album as well. Um, uh, it's just, yeah, it's banging. But to answer, sorry, to answer your question, Shane, there were points when I was like, oh, you know, do a bit and pull it out. But and then actually we were like, no, let's keep going. This sounds great. We can keep it going on and on. It's like, it's not, the story keeps getting told. You're not just repeating or, you know, yes. hitting notes for the sake of it. Like we, yeah, pretty proud of it. It's pretty cool, man. That's wicked. I love you, Renat. Banging. What about you, Scott? Scott? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it t- tough call to be honest, which is which is good. But mine is a song called Dream of Light, which is track four, I believe. Um, and it's more, it's, it's probably the, the opposite in some ways to Adam's take on rolling in that Dream of Light for me is just such a well-formed sort of song, singer-songwriter type song. You know, it's, it's sort of John's baby lyrically and um, the melody behind it. And it's just, it's got a catchiness that reminds me of something like um, Sweet Child of Mine or something. There's a hook that, and I just love like a, you know, almost like a poppy hook. And that song has got that. And it's still got the sort of TDC, the Dust Coder outro where it's loud and it's big. And it's, it's the song for me that crosses quite a lot of uh, styles um, which is maybe a departure from the first album, which was maybe a bit more down that kind of classic rock route. And, and, I, and I just love it. And it's not, you know, it's not one that, like, it's, that there's not much going on drums-wise. It's, it's very simple and just lets the rest of the song really sing. I think it's important to have that balance on, on an album, like I said, the journey of an album. Um, and then the other, the final thing, and it's like, I can remember the first time I heard the mix, um, and because of, you know, we're all under time constraints in the studio. Sometimes you don't even hear what you've done. <laughs> you hear it three days later when the producers comped it and sent it over. Um, but our producer, Clint, um, like, which is such a cool thing for me, is also a drummer, as in that's his instrument, which is quite rare, I think. But it's such an asset because not that other producers overlook drums at all, but Clint really kind of goes, goes after the drums and really pushes me. And um, basically when I heard that track back and what he'd done with the sounds that we managed to get and just, you know, the part, uh, it just sent like tingles up my spine. Um, I just had that moment with, with dreamer light. So that's why that's my favorite. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a mixed bag on there. That's a great place to be in it. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It really is, yeah, man. It is, man. That's it really is. Boys, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you both. Um, Mojo Skyline, March 26th. Guys, where can they get this album? So if you go over to erect.com slash forward slash the dust coder, we've got exclusive signed vinyl in different colours. We've got white, green, and orange. I believe we're down to our last few orange. So if you want orange vinyl, go and get it now. Uh, there's vinyl bundles, the CDs, signed CDs. Um, and I think it's like some of the vinyl bundles come with exclusive tote bags and all that jazz. So uh, get online, pre-order now. You will not be disappointed. You can get it on iTunes. 
for a discounted amount for the remainder of this week until Friday. It's only four ninety nine if you pre-order on iTunes. Um, but otherwise, thank you very, very much for having us. It's yes, and thanks yeah, for, keep, for keeping us going, guys. And let's, uh, let's meet for a pint in real life as soon as we can. Definitely. You can only ask us twice, I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, um, uh, we'll see, hopefully we'll see you at Rambling Man Fair. Yes, we did see, that's brilliant that's, news, guys. Yeah. yeah absolutely awesome. brilliant. Yeah. Beer play. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be a beer and in the sun. <laughs> it's what I said earlier, I don't, I think you're going to have to drag us away from any gig. Um, yeah. We're literally going to be holding on going, do we have to leave yet? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, that'd be I'll great. I'll bring the beam down. You bring the, the uh, send the Nipah. We'll bring the four roses. We'll just have a backstage. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> indeed, indeed. There we go. Check this out as well, guys. We'll quickly see this. We forgot about this. Four oh, roses, yeah. Auburn. Boys, quickly tell us about it. Go, Adam. You're Mr. Boost. You go, we, you're um, Mr. Boost. Yeah, we, we partnered with them. They helped us with the video for Jimmy Two Times um, because it's playing, it's gambling in a in a drinking den and you drink whiskey and you play poker. So it's a great match. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do some stuff with Four Roses. They've been at Rambling Man as well. I think they'll be back. Um, and it's great. It's great whiskey. I mean, whiskey and beer, you can't go wrong. So, um, yeah, check out Four Roses as well if you can. So we've got all the vices going on. I know, man. It's all up, It's a great combo, Bourbon and a great album. Boys, be proud. It's a great album. Thank you so much for joining us. And as we say Thank goodbye you. to you lads, we're going to show an exclusive video of Descoder's live performance of Jimmy Two Times at KK's Steel Mill. Boys, thank you so much. See you later, guys. Cheers, Cheers guys. Speak to you soon. Stay safe. There's a song called Jimmy Two Times.
Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!